Shoot a shot first, come on, grab your friends. We're gonna talk about Star Wars and stuff with Connor Oled and Andrew Roman. The fun will never end. Greet a shot first. What's going on, everybody? Andrew, Brian, how you guys doing? Wonderful, Connor. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. I, uh, I've been listening to more of the, from a certain point of view, Empire book, and I gotta say, it's, it's kicking it out of the park. Nice. Um, I, st- I fully admit I still haven't started it yet. You oh know what gosh. I have been reading, though? What's that? Uh, Thrawn Ascendancy. <laughs> How's that? It's really good. Oh. I, I really enjoy it. It's kind of this this cool backstory that I don't... like. I feel like in the past I never wanted Thrawn's backstory, but now it's kind of like, yeah, this is... It's different, and it's neat that it's fully kind of within the Chiss Ascendancy, but it's also familiar yeah there's still that familiarity well with it being uh in a completely different region of space that star wars is used to mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure it's already mag- like magnificent magnificent in its own way there yeah it's cool to see like the skywalkers in action ah oh that's exciting that's a little that's that's what we call a tease ladies it's and gentlemen. a little tease uh you know what else is a tease is uta puta everybody hello and welcome to greet a shot first my name's going I'm Andrew. And we are here to talk Star Wars, all things Star Wars, and anything even freaking related to Star Wars. And we are back today, everybody, to continue on the Mandalorian Season 2 review train thing stuff. It's more like, uh, <laughs> what's like the, the, the train in Solo when they do like the train heist? The Like the Magna Train? Yeah. We'll call it a Magna Train. Yeah. I think it was like magnetic. The Mandalorian Magna Train. Of of thrills and, and spills and chills. That's right. Uh, but anyways, Brian, how are you? I'm peachy. <laughs> Everyone how, doing how good? How are yins? Oh, we're doing good. We're doing good. Um, very excited to talk about this episode. Probably the, uh, I mean, I've been saying this about every episode, but probably my new favorite episode. It is. Uh, Certainly the most buzzworthy, I would say. I would I would agree with that. This is uh we're talking about season two, episode five, chapter 13. chapter thirteen, the Jedi. <laughs> right? That's right. Okay, I want to make sure I got that part yeah, right. I, I, good. I always miss the title cards, which is for whatever reason, because I'm usually reacting <laughs> to like whatever happened in the cold open. Well, and the way they've been like just hammering these cold opens lately. Oh my god! Every one, it, every, it, every one this season has been just better awesome. than the yeah yeah. Right. It, it's been kicking butt the whole way through, and I think that is what it is because I watch these with my wife, and like we. We like she has more unique reactions than I do. Thank you for that Borat impression. My wife, <laughs> silent, silent Borat. <laughs> it's not like I didn't see that from across the room. No, honestly, like it, it's just, uh, it, it's fun watching it with her just to have that. Yeah, it's that unique response of someone who's not nearly as dirty as I am when it comes to Star Wars lore. Like you know, it's just. It's fun to see that visceral reaction, I yeah. guess. But I so, think, yeah. When I think even like Brian and I have both said like, you know, neither of our SOs are huge Star Wars fans either, but I think for both of us, like they were drawn in by this episode. Very much so. A lot happened, a lot to unpack. Uh, just real quick, I again, like I said, just uh spoiler free review. Top dog, probably the best episode so best far. Best episode of this sh- entire show. Season one and two. So far. So far. I'm uh, saying story-wise, I'm agreeing. I'm also going to go out on a limb and say, from a cinematic standpoint... It probably can't be topped. Um, <laughs> the most visually beautiful episode 
we've oh, seen yeah. so far. Yes. Well, From that's Kurosawa also- to Lucas to Filoni. To Fil- yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's courtesy of this week's director, none other than Matt Lebo's uh, pride and joy, Yes, Dave Filoni. Intergalactic bad cop. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Coming back to Trapper Wolf's uh, claim to fame. Uh, he's... If he doesn't show up by the end of this season in a cowboy hat, we riot. I, Let's just put it that way. I right? agree with you. If he doesn't, co- I will burn it down. If he doesn't <laughs> pop out of the cockpit with a like a, at least a bent cowboy rimmed hat or something, you know, crumpled, or his one of his many uh, mesh back Pittsburgh Penguins hats. Or there's that too. <laughs> it's space penguins. That's right. <laughs> uh, but please, what's the uh, what's the overview well, of this one? Okay, so as with all of these, if for whatever reason you haven't picked up on this in the previous four episodes we've released, we're going full spoilers. Starting three, two, one, right now. now. Description: The Mandalorian journeys to a world ruled by a cruel magistrate who has made a powerful enemy. Oh my gosh! So again, the overview. Knocking it out of the park. Uh, you know, more, less is more. Powerful enemy seems like an understatement. Seriously. Uh, well, interestingly, uh, as we get into kind of cast and crew and everything, this one is not only, I mean, so we've already addressed, directed by Dave Filoni, mm-hmm. but it's also written by both John Favreau and, and Dave, Dave Filoni. Filoni which so. is much, I mean, it's very appropriate for what is to come. For sure. And I believe this is the first episode this season where they share writing credits. Yes. Otherwise, I think everything's been written by John only. Yes, it, it, it's, it's been coming up to just what is going to happen. Ah, I don't know. Just get into it. Let's do anyway, this. Well, let's, let's run through our cast. Let's run through the cast. I'm just excited. Right. I'm just so excited. Star- <laughs> starring Pedro Pascal as Din Jaren, really? the titular Mandalorian. Oh. Michael Bean. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Hicks is back, baby. That's right. Kyle Reese. Kyle Reese, my boy. His character's name apparently is Lang. I yeah, didn't I pick saw, up on that. I saw that in the, um, like I said, I watched with subtitles. So I see like Lang said this or whatever, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano. Da, 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 da. We did it. We made it. <laughs> we made it. Diana Lee Inosato, Inosanto, sorry, is Morgan Elsbeth. Yeah. The titular magistrate. <laughs> we'll get into her. She has like she has no acting credits. Really? She has been a stunt person on like a bunch of stuff. Okay, dating back to like the nineties. But she say, has like she was never credited for anything more than stunt performances. She seems familiar. She seems like someone I would have came across in some other work. Yeah, like she's so. probably been in other films where maybe she didn't have dialogue or anything like that. Just but, background. Yeah, I can see that. It was like some kung fu master or whatever. Right. Then we have James Croak as the prisoner and Wing Dao Chow as Governor Wing. Yes. Ah, oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, awesome. I, I love the fact that like when it comes to townspeople, and this is a little shot towards the end, uh, no matter what, they always choose one person, and they're like, you're the leader now. And he's just like, okay. They, <laughs> they throw a cape on him, and it's like, well, I guess I'm the leader now. That's, uh, that's Mr. Wing. There. I'm the captain now. <laughs> uh, so... I uh, just to give a little background on this, when we did uh, view this episode originally, I remember the morning it happened. Um, Brian, you had texted the group to make sure if anyone's seen it or not, and it, to the point where we were waiting on Andrew to still see it, and you texted <laughs> me separately, and you just went, "Holy poop! This episode, my God!" Uh, to to preface what you said, you know, to kind of shorten it, I. Uh, that's a good Cliff Notes version. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You pooped all over the auditorium, as that's, he loves to say. That's true. <laughs> but it's honestly, uh, 
they knocked it out of the park. Uh, I I think this was again one of the best cold opens that we've had. So, who would you like to go into it a little bit? Yes. So, my description for the cold open, and I will say throughout this, I'm going to like use the kind of subtitles that uh, Wikipedia applies yeah. throughout the episode because it just it tells you about the nature of this story in a way that's just striking in its own right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do call this the cold open. And my description of it is Ahsoka is kicking ass. <laughs> That's putting it lightly. <laughs> and it's extremely, I mean, just striking sequence with uh, her out kind of in this marshy field land, you know, foggy field, field land. Yeah. That, with bright white lightsabers. Yes. Um, so we knew that she had uh, the white blades, but right. it's, it was like, it, this is the first time we're seeing that in live action. For sure. Which is exciting. And it was awesome. Yes. Um, and just like her style was so distinct and so different from anything we've seen before. The dual blading. Like, yeah. Well, that, the, and you, anyone who knows her from the Clone Wars and the Rebels, they, they're very familiar with her style, anyways. Yes. Oh. It's called Jarkai. <laughs> and uh, it's it's very similar to that of what uh, regular samurai, where they would have their. Uh, their it looks like a set of swords where it's a much smaller sword and longer sword. I know that there's a proper name for it. I think it's, it's a Shinto, Shinto blade. Shinto? Shinto. Okay. I thought it was... Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe in samurai Shoto? culture, it's a Shoto, but yeah. in Star Wars, it's a Shinto. It's a Shinto. That makes, okay, that makes Along sense. with her normal lightsaber. Right. Still cool, though. <laughs> As you go. <laughs> yes. Uh, but so anyway, I mean, just an awesome, awesome sequence, and we get to see... Uh, we we're kind of introduced to the whole cast and crew right away. Right, uh, away. we get to see Lang and uh, the magistrate Morgan. I have an issue with Morgan's name. Uh, it's just not Star Wars enough. Morgan, yeah, Morgan Elsbeth. Oh, I mean, look at Luke. I was gonna say, how about Luke? Look at Ben or Han. <laughs> to, well, but see, <laughs> to borrow from see, uh, newcomers, one, yeah, their one criticism that I love is like everyone's got these wild, outlandish space names, and then you have. Luke and Ben, like it just <laughs> like the most boring names out yeah. there. But see, there's a very, I would say those names are still within like the commonly accepted like Star Wars name ism. Yeah, in that they're one syllable. It's fair. Han, Dak, Ray. Wedge, Ray, Finn, Poe, like they're all one syllable. But yeah, what Morgan. about Lando, Leia? I don't know. <laughs> well, but Plagueis. like Calrissian is. <laughs> Yeah, Calrissian is very Star Wars oh, to me. It, very yeah. much so, yeah. And but like neither Morgan nor Elsbeth is very Star Wars to me. Elsbeth seems more fan like fantastical. Like I could see that being Agreed. a so, it sounds like, like she should be like a witch. Yeah, and like the Witcher or something. I could see that. But again, this is the outer room we're talking about. You know, they're not big on uh, what the, you know what you would call thinking. I guess. Thinking. That's wow. mean. That's mean. That's uh, out of room stuff. But anyway, shots so, fired. So <laughs> ultimately, Ahsoka just tears through this whole cast in, uh, like the, the cadre the, of troopers that were sent out to fight her. And he's like, "You got one and day." Then, yeah, and she walks up to the gates and says, "I'll let you be, but you have one day to give me the location of your master." Oh, I just love the way that she puts it as your master. Uh, we'll get to it, but I love how they put it. And so. moving forward, then, we have something that we haven't seen at all this season, which is just a total st- 
boring run-of-the-mill landing sequence for the razor crest very true he he uh rides in like it's no big deal and fl- like just lands without any fanfare at all uh eva also mentioned this she said it's got to be nice that you can just park anywhere <laughs> yeah when it comes to like having a spaceship as long as there's enough room you can literally just park that thing anywhere you want and yeah. just keep walking i guess you don't have to pay for it well that's just it like he parks so far out of the supposed like outpost like you know city limits if you will that like it's an obvious trek from his ship to the place he doesn't park right next to the wall right he parks at least like a kilometer or so away like it, it's a it's a weird justification to just like park that far away from your ship or that the, the outpost wherever you're at because yeah, my thought is okay maybe he's parking out there from from a tactical standpoint like to not draw attention to Something have like be that. like able to But he escape. also like flew, he, right, he flew right over the, the thing. approach so was he, he, everyone he saw buzzed the town. Even Eva was like look he's making sure he doesn't speed over the town like he was holding yeah. a gun up. <laughs> exactly. So was, yeah, you know it's it's like it's it's if it's tactical he's not doing a very good job right yeah. off the bat but no it, it, it's hard to say but that, I I always found that kind of silly like Navarro even at that point like it's not terribly far, but it's still a good distance. You know what I mean? Yeah, agreed. So. Um, but anyway, it was nice to see the Razor Crest just. Yeah, it's been through enough this season, for yeah. goodness sake. It keep needs it, a break. Keep it simple. Uh, but then we also get to see the return of the Shifter Knob. Yes. As a key focal point Chekhov's of. Chekhov's gun. Baby, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, Baby Yodes' <laughs> favorite toy. Yeah. So and once again, as I say every episode, just so much like deja vu. What was that? I yeah, with Sully, like his <laughs> his favorite toys are just not toys. It's like here's like an empty bottle, and he doesn't even have bottles anymore. Like he's just off of them, but he just like takes the bottle and just plays with it for nice hours. Like Loves maybe it. not hours, but long time, <laughs> long time. Oh, that's fun. Anyway, so. <laughs> That sequence, I won't again just kind of go back to it. We have that sequence called The Landing. Mm-hmm. The next one is The Offer. Yes. And so basically Mando walks up to the gates of Caledon. Is that what it is? Yeah, Caledon. Yes. And they let – so they walk through the actual like town. Like, it's another one of those great shots where it's like – you know, it's a, it's a completely different contrast from what we saw – previously on navarro right navarro well, this bus bustling thriving metropolis yes with the school and everything and then we get back to just another dirty planet like back to the roots almost like very dirty dusty yes and to the point where no one wants to talk to him out of fear for their own lives which i can understand they, they seem to be under a lot of stress and pressure and whatnot uh and then even the one gentleman uh is like who eventually becomes mayor or yes. whatever governor governor uh, you know, he's like, we can't talk to you. Yeah, it's, please don't talk to yeah, us. Please don't talk to us. Just keep going. You for know. your own sake, for our sake. But don't like, talk to us. Again, this goes back to Eva's great commentary. The, the, the troopers come up and are just like, the magistrate wants to see you. And they were just like, it's just like, why didn't you just say that as you walked in? Yeah, like, exactly. Honestly, you let him walk Would've down the street. Pre- yeah. yeah. Did you just get that intel or were you going to let me wander around for another 10 minutes? <laughs> yeah. Like start asking me. questions or whatever. Yeah, I feel like like Michael Bean's character must have like walked all the way to the other side of the town. To ask her. To the other side of the set. <laughs> and, and then walked back and then sent his troops to go. And collect. Collect Mando. And that's why it took so long. That's, yeah, I, I, would, I would figure that. But Apparently all the they don't have radios or anything. Maybe it's just that kind of town. Yes. Uh, but yes, yeah, so they, then that's when the magistrate and Mando have their awesome little like 
talking points. Yes. Um, this is also another thing. We get another piece of like Mandalorian lore here, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. The the spear of Beskar. A pure Beskar. Pure Beskar. And I love the way that he tests it too. That ringing <laughs> hits it off of his gauntlet. Perfect. Well, yes. that, that ring comes into play later again, and I, I love it. I mm-hmm. love the sound design of this episode yes. as well. Fully agreed. Um, and then we... So and and it's almost comically simple. Like he's just like, he's like what yeah, do you need done? What do you need done? Sure, tell me where she is. Yeah. So then all of a sudden he doesn't have to search for this powerful enemy of the magistrate. This is a Jedi. It's like okay, yeah. He never and it's also true. He never makes any promises. He just says, "Where can I find them?" Yeah, and that's it. Yep. And so from there it sets off. He he starts wandering the forest to go and find him. Also, there's another awesome little exchange between the Mando and Michael Bean where he goes, what is that thing? And he's looking down at Baby Yoda's in the bag. And I he keep goes, him around for luck. <laughs> for luck. <laughs> like, You're going to need it. You know, that was a great little line. Great little yes. the, Star Wars-esque yes. line. The uh, And the for luck line is definitely one of my favorites from A New Hope. Yes. <laughs> when Leia kisses Luke on the cheek. Uh. For luck. Well, so, all right, so this leads into Mando tracking through the dead woods. Which is, this scene is called The Encounter. Ooh, that's true. It's the stereotypical superhero encounter where they meet each other and immediately they must start fighting one another. It's true. Uh, Love but, it. Yes. First of all, because it just shows that he's ready for anything. Yes. We've, all, we've said this before, he's ready for most anything to come his way, but especially like a Jedi. Yes. This is his first true encounter with a Jedi, and he still just takes it like it's no big deal. And it shows you just how powerful Beskar is. Yeah. He holds his gauntlets <laughs> up to multiple, <laughs> multiple yeah. strikes. Oh, from it's two am- lightsabers. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. Just I love this show. And I and I it does paint this picture as well of, of like how much he has evolved. Yes. As you know, not so like a like first off, he's very quick to be like, hey, wait, 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 Bo-Katan sent me. Like, yeah, it's like, OK. We're, you know, we're, we're on good. the same side. Um, but also just his his ability to go toe to toe with Ahsoka, I feel like is a, an interesting contrast with like if we go back to season one, for instance, and like how much of a hard time he has even with like Cara Dune. Yeah. Who's just a person. Just a regular storm, like yeah. a foot trooper or whatever. Yeah. That's true. Like he, he honestly, like he, he, but he still, like I said, it, it's, it also just goes into what they've been talking about, uh, you know, since the beginning of the season that like Jedi and Mandalorian are ancient, ancient enemies. Ancient enemies. And so it just makes sense that their armor, their armor is powerful enough to withstand the Jedi's one true weapon mm-hmm. it is not the Force. You know what I mean? And I just think that's poetic justice in its own way. It's just the way it's written. It's like George Lucas says. It's it's like poetry. It rhymes in a way. You know, it's it just, a tone poem. A tone poem. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I I just thought that that was a great little detail to it. I love the I love the little nuance of history we get with both sides of the conflict yes. right there and i like how immediately like she's just like yeah okay that's fine and then she's like oh i hope you hear about him and she just looks at baby yodes and oh this is it this is it son the revelation i was gonna say uh we can no longer refer to him as baby yodes as yeah, so we're retiring the name baby yodes because his name in fact and he is a he Yes. Which I don't know was ever 100% I was, established. I, first of all, what if he was to be like, and he is a she? Or then like, <laughs> and she is a changeling. Like, <laughs> and the whole time you're like, wait a minute, what? You know? Well, that would have just been 
That wow. Would, that would have been hilarious. That's a callback. Yes. That's... Um. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, anyway, Baby Yoda's name is, in fact... Da, da, da. Grogu. Grogu. Grogu is a great name. I love it. It's perfect. And going Perfectly back to... suits the character. Going back to Star Wars names. That sounds like a Star Wars name. It does sound like a Star Grogu. Wars name. Grogu. Mm-hmm. doesn't sound too much like Goku, which I appreciate. But they're both, mm-hmm. you know, at the top of their class when it comes to being adorable people. Wait, no. That's wrong. I, is that... Yeah. I mean, Goku's adorable sure. as way. He eats a lot of food and he's always like, where's more? And that's... Yeah, well, it's that's funny. F- Everyone laughs. I mean, I'm still not understanding where the difference between Goku and Grogu is. That's true. Well, one of them has a tail, presumably. Well, no, not like, anymore. He gets it cut off. That, all right, you know what? Ah, spoilers. We're on Dragon Ball GTZ XXYZ, and I don't know. We're there, bro. If you're not following up, I don't know what's up. Anyways, I'm pretty sure he's like the creator of the universe now. Probably. I mean, anyway. he has to keep getting more and more powerful. That's true. But speaking of more power, Groku. Grogu. Mm, yes. Grogu. Love the name. One more time. Grogu. Grogu. Let's do it. Yes. So anyway, Ahsoka communes with Grogu and reveals his name to Din and also provides a little bit more of his backstory. Such and a beautiful scene. It's too. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I, I don't know. Okay. Before we even go further, I'm just going to take a moment to detour. And like, I think, you know, there was some people out there that were like, well, why don't you just get a stunt actor to be Ahsoka and you could still have Ashley Eckstein yeah, do voice. the voice. And I mean, I get that. Yes. I'm not necessarily saying otherwise, but it's, this is why you pay for somebody like Rosario Dawson. First of all, she was able to embody what her voice was. And yeah. like, honestly, this is, this is so long into her career that her voice would have changed technically. Mm-hmm. Cause I think the way that Ashley's always done Ahsoka's voice up to that point was very soft-spoken, almost teenage-esque. Yeah. And even into Rebels, like, yeah. it's it's more mature, but you still hear that, like... She's still very young. Yeah, you're hearing the fleeting teenage years and all that stuff. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah. But you're, like, to go back to what you're saying, you're getting what you're paying for. Yes. Rosario Dawson, I didn't know what to expect out of her performance, but I was not disappointed. Yeah, totally. Like, it on it, like, I had high hopes, and it blew those away. So. Right. Well, just the just the look of it, just the eyes, like the like I love the blue eyes of it, like just mm-hmm. the whole headdress, like the like the Tegruda look. It just it, it it she embodied it so well. She killed it. Yeah, absolutely killed it. Yes. And again, it's just amazing to me. This is another example that they can just pull something out of cartoons or comic books or novels or anything like that, and just throw it in like it's always been there, uh-huh. and like and no one can really. It's just it's just amazing to me. Yes. I don't know. It's always gonna be amazing to me. No, fully agreed. So yeah, thanks for indulging my little diatribe. Please, yeah, by all means, man. Um, I'll, I'll talk all day about it. Nightmares, baby. <laughs> yes. But anyway, we learn more about uh baby Yoda's backstory. True. He was trained by many masters at yes. the temple. Do you think it was like cause he was like stubborn? I at just least like... somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> Some way or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, hey, you know presumably even when the Jedi fall, like he's supposed to be like in his twenties, like probably nearing his trials or whatever. And he's just like, I'm just a baby still. So, (laughs) well, that's just another thing. Like, is there, are there such thing as nursery Jedi? Cause we've gotten to the idea that Jedi have different roles. There's agricultural Jedi, there's security Jedi, stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah. And like, there's gotta be Jedi who are just nursery Jedi. I'd have to imagine. Yeah. And so, yeah. That's probably why he was raised by several different, you know, yes. masters before masters, that. Yes, but then he was taken away from the temple, presumably it, prior to 
the events of Revenge of the Sith. Well, they did say that he was hidden once the Clone Wars ended. That well, was exactly so it, hidden for many years. Most likely, it did. This was another Order sixty six survival thing. It was like once this gone down, while he was at the temple, mm-hmm. one of the Jedi was able to, to yes, bury him and maybe him. some others away. Yes, and we we've had plenty of stories already now between novels and comics and stuff like that to show that there are more than just you know, uh, Kanan and Cal Castus and Ahsoka Tana who make it out of the Jedi Temple yes. unscathed and stuff like that. So for sure plenty of them out there um but then she also adds that his memories after the temple are dark dark and filled with fear yes uh and just i mean one of several unreal like soliloquies that she gives on like fear as the path to the dark side oh it's just like she's so beautifully done she's like i sense much fear in you to hear that phrase said to a species like yoda because yoda is the one who says it to Anakin. anakin And it's just a beautiful, it's poetry, it rhymes. Come on, come on. George Lucas, where are you, sir? The the emotion that Rosario Dawson brought to the line when she talks about, I've seen what these emotions can do to a a full-grown Jedi Knight. To the best of us. To the best of us. I was like, Rosario Dawson, god damn you. (laughs) You son of a... mm, Right in the feels. Right in there. And so this also just goes to like, (laughs) <laughs> I, I I try to I try to get Eva to watch the Clone Wars and the Rebels and like to the point where like I have the cheat sheet of like the arcs that you need to watch to, for anything to make sense right and I still need to get her into it but it's like having that knowledge man it's just such a kicker and like I just I don't know I, I just it's hard not to be able to share it with her <laughs> the same way that I could share it with you guys and like you could fully understand what what the whole interaction of that is well, I agree. You, know? you can, I mean, and again, this is, I think, Star Wars in a sense at its best, even if you're not familiar with like her journey in the Clone Wars and yeah. obviously like her true relationship, like with Anakin in a sense. You still like the way that you know we're kind of told, not showed like in this capacity, like that they don't waste time with some kind of weird flashback montage or whatever is just so powerful and it lets you fill in all of those gaps so conclusively. Right. Uh, You know, it's, it's what sparked that imagination. Like when, uh, you know, Obi-Wan in a new hope is talking to Luke about, you know, I fought in the clone wars with your father and it's just, like all of that, a sudden there's this story in your mind, like the clone wars and you know about this and that, <laughs> and it's a real thing now. It, yeah. It's just, it's just so beautifully done. I think my whole thing is I just want to, I want to share the story. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's, I, I no, rag her about I fully it, but, understand. you know, I, I yeah. love her. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I guess I was just going to say like, it just, for me, it just echoed all of those different experiences oh, of the clone wars. Like right. from, you know, the first time I watched star Wars on VHS at my parents' house to, to, to where we are now yeah, to like today. <laughs> well, I mean, this also goes back like, to like, it goes back to uh, when Andrew and I first like had rumblings about, you know, just our love of star Wars and everything. Like I started watching the clone wars just out of something to do. Like I, I'd be at work and I'd have a chance to watch an episode or whatever. And so I went through all six seasons that way just watching an episode or two almost every Saturday. And like, I enjoyed it because it was Star Wars content. But then I realized that there was this much broader story to it. And once I finally got to the end of season six and stuff like that, that's when I was like, there's so much, there's, where's the rest of this? Yes. You know, <laughs> and that's what makes Ahsoka's story that much more 
exciting with Rebels and season seven coming out and everything like that. Just seeing her brought to life mm. and done done with such perfect justice. I don't know. It just yeah. can't say enough good yeah. things. And about. again, like all credit as well, like to Dave Filoni in that regard as well, just because, you know, this is his character. This is his story. His, yeah, it's his contribution to this world. And it's just so like I don't know. You can just tell his love so much, like for the character and for right. the world. Yes. Um, but yeah. So this we've, we're now kind of transitioning into the test. Oh, okay. Which is Ahsoka picks up the rock and floats it over to Grogu. Just picking up rocks. It's floating rocks. I love yes. that. It's, a, yeah. it's another little just, nod to that. Yeah, exactly. And again, so many like channeling, like channeling empire and everything uh, and you know even sequel trilogy stuff where there's still lots of rocks involved yes i love it well yeah. so and then this goes back to the idea like you were saying the Chekhov's gun of uh baby yod's toys mm-hmm. um the little ball i love it loved I it. loved it so i i did like the fact that they were like well you see that there's more of a connection like it adds that emotion that connection between mando and grogu at this point now God, it's gonna be hard getting used to say that name, <laughs> but like Din see, and Grogu, Din and Grogu. We started knowing neither of their names, and now, and now we we're just them like both. they're just like they're just you know it's, it's Han, Leia, Luke, Din, Grogu, all the gangs here, you know. <laughs> uh, but so just their little connection. Whenever he's like Grogu, you want this? Like just like I, I love seeing that. I love seeing a connection. The I little can, ears perked up. Little ears perked when he hears the name. It's so good. It it, it just mm, they did it all so well, man. I, I just I can't say enough good things about it. But just the heartache of it all. Because once yeah. he got the once he got it in his hand, that's when you found out about the fear and everything. And that's yes. when you started fearing for him. And it's like oh my god. It's, it's, yes. Everything about it. You just wanted to hold him and make tell him everything was going to be okay. Yes, exactly. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, and and you know once again we uh, get more about you know essentially this is Ahsoka refusing to train Grogu because intense. Yeah, because his um, uh, his emotional state is is too flawed, too dangerous. She's worried that she could easily lose him, That's, and that he's it, too connected to Din, which is like. That's so incredible. Instant tears. Yes, that's so incredible to me that like right. it's just that's how it's how it's come. Yeah. Last last night we finally sat down to watch Hamilton. Uh, Emily and I and were, uh, was it were you in the room where it happens? Name? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's a good yeah. one. <laughs> well, for sure. Um, but like she just was like crying with every like kind of slow sad song. Oh my god! And like god. she does like she's a huge musical person. Oh yeah, so. no. Hey, look. Any if it's done well, it'll make me cry. Yeah. Like I watched the trailer for Cats and I, I, I cried. <laughs> yeah. I don't watch Cats itself, Man, but the trailer. We all alone in the moon. Like just hearing that, I was like, dang, I could. Yeah, I can feel it. Yeah, but um. So she probably did that like six times last night. I probably did that six times like this today. Yeah. <laughs> Long story short. Oh God, that, it's true though. Uh, and like, there were point like because it goes back to watching it with Eva. And she will be asking me questions, and then she'll see that I just won't be talking. It's because I'm trying to control myself, and she's just like, "Okay, I'll just save myself for the end." Then I have to like double back on her, or I'll pause it and be like. What you wanted to know, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I had to like compose myself. Yeah, wait until like you get a, a new scene, and then you can be like, "All right, let's yes. let's reset, let's, let's break rewind that one down." Yeah, <laughs> it's rewind time. But anyways, um, yeah, but uh, so then 
Din uh, kind of pulls almost the opposite trick of what he did with the magistrate. And he yes. basically says, hey, you know, they did send me out here to kill you. And I'm obviously not going to do that. Uh, but so how about I help you with what you want? And then you'll train the child. <laughs> Again, just it's the formula of the season. I got a problem. You got the solution. Let's meet in the middle. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I love, love I love how well they kind of tie in the thread of how he's he's been a little bit too forthright with his quests with people. He's kind of showed his hand. Yeah. A couple too many times. Um to where I feel like he's he's playing his cards very close to his chest. Especially any, this time around. Yeah. Anytime it comes to, to some kind of dealing with Grogu. Yes. Um he's not He's not putting all of his cards on the table until he absolutely has to. Yes. And I feel like that's what this was. Yeah, I, I fully agree. It is like he's kind of like, whatever, I'll do whatever you need of me so that I can move on with my quest. But if something comes up with Grogu, like that's where I have to be super cautious and super careful. Exactly. Which is just like, so, like again, just such a parenting he was, feeling. He was like, reckless before and now he's got to take some time and think about his actions yeah so that's that is yes i agree with that exactly so so now we return to caladan for the battle and everyone's expecting ahsoka to come roaring through and she she does does. (laughs) (laughs) again this goes back to so i want to actually i want to turn to brian for the portions of this because this goes into what you were talking about and up to this point too i'm sure but just the cinematography of this episode just, I mean, what did it speak to you? Like, Absolutely. Well, that's we've spoken a little bit off mic, but uh, just the reverberations of, like you said, Andrew Kurosawa to Lucas to Filoni, um, so many tips of the hat mm-hmm. to Japanese cinema. Yes, um, which I'm a nerd for to start with, but uh, I also just happened to finish uh, the game Ghost of Tsushima, and it's um, very samurai. Uh, like, yeah, so you're yeah. just up, I mean, up in that the design era. of the gate to the fortress. The, like just the way that they shot and put together the landscapes, everything is I, just a nod to that. I do love the, the like the duels. Like there's a, there's like at least three different points where there's a duel about to happen in one capacity or another, and just seeing Ahsoka by herself throw the Beskar shoulder like shoulder pauldron out there. That was a great little info thing. It's like. You can't you can't stop me. Like, did you think this was gonna this was gonna be your end all like, be all? Oh, a bounty hunter. That was yeah. cute. Yeah, that was cute. Very nice. And so then, nice try. Uh, just her wrecking the whole town and going through and just it just methodically taking these people out. And again, this goes to the use of light and everything. That shot of her pulling her lightsabers apart. That was great. It was yeah. so great. Just seeing the little smile on her face was like ah, just coming right after him. Snips, and then, look at you go. Oh! <laughs> and so finally, it gets to the point where it's it's it it she ends up in the magistrate's like main foyer garden area zen garden zen, zen garden. garden so this is the point where eva was like you know we've said kurosawa and all this but like eva said this is straight out of kill bill yeah which it, I mean, it, it really is like omran ishii fight at the end of the first volume it has it was very reminiscent of the field just like you know they they respectfully come towards each other almost bow in a way and like they're just like we know you know each other's strengths or whatever and we're about to fight each other fight each other for honor and whatnot and then on the other side of that on the gate we see uh, Din like holding off Lang. Mm-hmm. I love that little thing too because there was that shot right before that with Ahsoka up on the rooftop. 
that was probably my favorite shot of that. Rosoka in the background with Din on the ground and just seeing her like her cape flapping in the wind, like just beautiful. It's backgrounds forever. Like it's yeah. just, it's a beautiful, beautiful shot. Yes, fully agreed. Uh, one thing we kind of glossed over a little bit is we get the triumphal return of the hunter killer series of droids. Oh, I was going to ask you about this. So is this really the first time we've like seen a, an HK unit? Mm-hmm. Cause I know we had In like, new canon, yeah. Well, so, so like we had like the security bots that kind of resembled them, mm-hmm. uh, in the, the first season, like the, it's the, where they're breaking the prisoner out. Right. But these ones, I was saying as much to Eva, I was like, imagine IG 11, but way more flexible. <laughs> yes. That's kind of what it is. Well, the animation when after, uh, Ahsoka takes, takes one of them out. Mm hmm. And then she flees down like that dark corridor or like up onto the roof. Tells him to just get up there. And the motion design of that droid getting up on the roof was so believable. Yes. Um, major shout out to the motion designers and the animators They're, for like, this series they, for pulling I mean, that like, off. Obviously, it's, it's space travel and all this kind of stuff. And it's all about suspending disbelief and all this kind of stuff. But they do a great job to make it believable. And I, I I appreciate that. Like yeah. I said, it just you see the the like the flexible limbs and like how like how much it can really get around versus like IG was just very methodical and lumbering almost. Yeah, comparatively. Exactly, and it's it's just designed to be this kind of very sleek and elegant. But it's also not it's not quite like um, like General Grievous's like sentinel droids yeah that, there which was... were a little maybe too they kind of pushed that too far yeah and you kind of lose that like there's no you don't get that like boston dynamics sense no no like, that's that, yeah. that's honestly what because these ones had the backpack and everything with yeah. them too so yeah um so uh, there's another little easter egg i want to mention before i forget about michael bean's character lang uh he uses a slug thrower mm-hmm. uh which is something we probably haven't seen i think we've seen uh bolt throwers yeah slug throwers Slug throw is essentially a shotgun. I was going to say Star a space Wars. shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, it's a spread shot of laser bolts or whatever. But like, I like the fact that they gave him the slug throw because of all of Michael Bean's characters, he's famously used shotguns. Kyle yes. Reese used a shotgun. Uh, Hicks had a secret shotgun. He likes to keep for close encounters, like all that stuff. I thought that was a great, a great little nod to his character that he was all still using a shotgun, even in Star Wars. Yeah. And just his, like that, like tension bed between him and Din. Din? He's like, who do you think's gonna win, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just just the nonchalantness of his character. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, and it, yeah, it truly was like this guy is just like I mean, he thinks fully well that he's walking out of there the victor in this, yeah. no matter what. Like you, you know, whether the magistrate lives or dies, whether uh, you know Ahsoka survives or whatever, he's it's like. like I know me, and I'm getting out of here. Yeah, I and ain't not quarrel with you, Mandalorian. Yeah, it's good to do my own thing. Yeah, and so he thinks he's just, you know, he's got it all figured out. But once again, Din is just like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> he's ready to catch him up. Yeah, uh, I love it. And like again, just the 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 choreography of the actual duel mm-hmm. between the magistrate and Ahsoka, beautiful. Yes, I. Uh, this is another good chance that we actually get to see. Uh, the weightiness of the blades. Yeah. Uh, that kind of gets lost in translation when it comes to like the clone wars and rebels, like how much weight is actually behind the blade whenever it strikes down. But I think honestly for this, like it just, 
I don't know, you felt it. And it wasn't like it was just they were in one spot and then they moved to another. Like there was there was a lot of movement between both characters and it was just solid all the way through. Yeah. And just the idea of a Beskar spear, something that's impervious to light like lightsaber strikes. I can only imagine like the common fan going nuts, being like, "A lightsaber supposed to cut through anything, bro." Well, that's, so Kate likes Star Wars. Mm-hmm. She got lost about halfway through the first season of Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. She has not seen any of this season. I was watching this for a second time today, and she came into the room and went, "Oh." <laughs> this is pretty cool. Yeah. And she, I remember she asked, she's like, wait a second, why isn't the lightsaber going through that? I said, because it's Beskar. <laughs> it's the same material that his armor is made out of. It's the, it's oh. it's vibranium in Star Wars. It's yeah. Like yeah. It's, it's strongest Space known. vibranium. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> unobtainium. <laughs> yes. It's un, it's unobtainium in Star Wars. It's just, it's so, it's so valuable. You it's, can't be beat. It can't be beat. It can't be obtained. Uh, but yeah, a beautiful all around, beautiful cinematography, beautiful dialogue in between everyone, and then finally the big reveal. So why don't you why don't you lay it on us there, Andrew? So essentially, uh, you know they're they're going back and forth, and we see first off Ahsoka loses one of her lightsabers. Oh, <laughs> uh, the the full lightsaber, I believe. Yeah, so she's, she's actually down to, to her Shinto. Shinto. Yeah, to bring that back. But check off Shinto. Yes, check off Shinto. There's... <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, but she is undeterred and she continues to, she basically goes on the offensive to actually force the uh, spear from the magistrate's hands. Chekhov's spear, which is definitely a Chekhov's gun. Oh, 1,000%. I can't imagine any scenario where, you know, the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, is going to maybe need a a Beskar spear to maybe fight somebody that, yeah, might maybe have like a lightsaber or oh something. Oh my God, I'm excited. Um, anyway. <laughs> Back like to that. a lot of foreshadowing. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so she disarms the magistrate and basically TKOs her. Well, first of all, before we get too far down there, I just wanted to say I was waiting this whole time to see Ahsoka fully go like reverse grip. When she's down to the one blade and she switches grip, over, yeah. and you see the look on the magistrate's face, like, wait a second, this wasn't in the simulation. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> yeah. wasn't prepared for it. Yes. What? No, that, that's a good point. I I should have mentioned the, you know, that's like the aggressive posture is when you have mm-hmm. them kind of both grabbed underhand. Yes. Um, that it gave me nerd goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, man. Um, but so then she pins her by TKO, and. Ahsoka asks Ask the question, where, where is your is, master? Yes. Where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh. We ha. are getting live action Thrawn. Uh, hopefully. I mean, we are. But like, so <laughs> what is this? What is, what, there's so much to unpack with this. What do you think this means for the rest of the season? Do you think this is honestly going to be a Rebel sequel in that so, sense? So obviously now we, uh, for the second time in three weeks, we are asking ourselves, okay, is this just like a backdoor spinoff for... For Ahsoka uh, and the Rebels or whatever? Yeah. Or is this going to lead into it? Are they going to bring back Ezra at the end? Like, it's just... Well, <sighs> and I mean, there's still more to unpack there, too. Well, um, so let's. You, how about let's finish out this episode. Let's come back to this conversation. Sounds good. Okay. Yeah. So in <laughs> the conclusion, now we have the governor is Governor Wing is 
again in charge. The townspeople threw a cape on him, and he was like, okay, 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 I'll fine, I know, I'm the old I guy. I got the cape, I guess I'm going to yeah, do it. that's fine. <laughs> uh, people are out celebrating. Yes. Once again, we have this quick reversal of, you know, just the, the appearance and, and sort of ambiance of a place. Just saving town. That's it. Uh, Cleaning up the town. Yes. Din informs Ahsoka that uh, Grogu was on the Razor Crest for this and that he will go get him get and him return him to Ahsoka so they can say goodbye. Goodbye. And once again, I bust out into tears. Oh my God. Just the thing, like just seeing him asleep and he's like, it's, it's, it's time to go little buddy. Like yeah. just, just hold like holding it back. Yeah. It's good that he had that, like that helmet on. Cause he was, oh, he was crying. crying. Oh, he was Din crying. Was crying. But good thing it's pressurized, <laughs> keeping it in. Yeah. So that's that's the point. Whenever Ahsoka again as tur- he turns, you see it's her, and she's like, you know, he has such an attachment to you. I cannot train him or whatever. I can't die him, and it gives him this choice. Now, do you have this written down? What the choice is exactly? If they go to the tallest mountain on the planet Tython. Tython. Tython is an original Jedi planet, is it not? It is, and it's a Legends original Jedi planet. I knew it! Oh my god! <laughs> it's from the Darth Bane books. Oh the god. plot thickens. Oh. Yeah. And like the idea that it's the tallest mountain and everything like that. Honestly, it was just giving me Guardians of the Mountain like vibes, like Thrawn vibes in yes. a way. But um, I think it was Adelon. Wasn't it Adelon? Yeah, or, Adelon. Yeah. Uh, well, and, apparent, and apparently, I don't well, this I think this was on the Legends side, because I don't well, I shouldn't say that. I do believe it was like mentioned in one of the comics. I almost want to say it's like Afra, even of all maybe of all the comic rounds. Oh, but that would make sense because it's a large crate, vault, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you know, presumably she's going there for archaeological purposes, right? Yes. Um, but uh, <laughs> apparently, so it is already established as new canon as well. All right. But the moons of Tython in oh. Legends are the Bogan. Moon and oh the Ashla Moon. So it's that old. That's, yes. The Jedi. The, the, yeah, like, exactly. The original it's, Jedi. It's considered to be the original Jedi temple. The very first one. I, I'm really just curious to see how it's going to play out uh, with just taking him to the mountain and like well so what what's the phrase that she actually says take him to the tallest mountain to the seer stone to the seer stone place him on the seer stone and see if the force will like determine his destiny or something yeah he says let him choose his own path if he reaches out through the force let him choose his own path and a jedi responds and it's yes (laughs) and so does that mean so do we think it'll be ahsoka do we think it'll be uh even ezra reaching out through this like through the space that was my immediate reaction because then she she follows it up with there's not many left (laughs) and that's i went huh who is left (laughs) you got yeah yeah i mean she i'm assuming that ahsoka would know of luke but they don't know each other. They don't know each other. And yes. I think she wants it that way. I mean, I think this is obviously Ahsoka's decision that she doesn't want. Well, she's also just not a Jedi. Right. Because she's not actually a Jedi. She's all. just another citizen. Like, that's that's how she quotates herself. You know, like, it's it. And, and that's how I think they've decided to treat her character anymore is like, she's not a true Jedi. She's mm-hmm. more gray Jedi, Guardian-esque. Yeah. Force user. Agreed. You know. Fully agreed, but, but yeah. That, but so I'm thinking that she would only know of Luke and 
Ezra. And yeah. obviously, if Thrawn's out there and she knows that Thrawn's out there, she must yes, know no, that Ezra so this is means, out there. If anything, this means that Sabine might not be too far off. Oh, it's going to be like next episode now. Oh <laughs> what if Zeb was there, too, just randomly? Like, here's Chopper, too. Just We want to get everybody here. <laughs> <laughs> just in case. And he's wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> All right, am I missing anything else? Or I think that's... I mean, that is the end of the episode. That's the episode, and uh, they just fly off into the sunset, yeah, like they usually but, do. But I agree. I mean, obviously, I, I do think there's still a little bit more to be said about just what does it all mean. This uh, <laughs> this has been, one again, best episode ever. Like it yeah. just it, it, it hands down to best the... Best writing, best visuals, best, best, everything. best everything. Thank yeah. you. Dave Filoni. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> Wherever you are. Thanks, Dave. I'm going to go put some flowers on your parents' uh, front porch Yes. tonight. Just honoring the mis- <laughs> yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Filoni. Thank you for your loins yeah. and what you have produced. <laughs> In the I'm way not of- actually going to do that, to okay, be cl- quite enough. clear. <laughs> I, neither am I. I didn't order the flowers. What are you talking about? Uh, but... Great time as always, and uh, I'm I'm excited to get back next week and talk about the next one. I'm excited to see the next one, let alone talk about it. Well, let me hit me with this. What do you? I mean, I'm not saying we need to go full like speculation cast okay. here, but okay. like, what do you think it does mean before we say goodbye? In the way of uh, what exactly? Just I mean, in terms of Thrawn, in terms of this Tython. So we we've said before that we subplot. don't like. I'm a little worried about this show being overshadowed. Like, I'm a little worried about Din being overshadowed by all the characters. I'm not upset by it in any sense because I, I enjoy all these characters and I enjoy the story. But I would like Din to have his own adventure in jest. And for what it is, this is his this is his adventure. Mm-hmm. If it just so happens to coincide with the story of these other you know beings out there, then it just happens to be that way. And it just happens to work out that like he's meeting all these characters that we know and love from the other like series, so why not? But in the way of Thrawn and everything like that, I can only imagine that if Thrawn wasn't sent to the other side of the galaxy, maybe he was sent through time. Maybe, I mean, time well, travel is something that does exist in Star Wars. Yeah, and, and obviously Ahsoka is perhaps more knowledgeable about of that. that than anything. Yeah. Yes, so, well, except for Ezra, I guess. But. Yeah, uh, there's like a little spoiler to that end there's a point towards the end of the series of rebels where it's actually found that there is a timeline so to speak that like force users could technically like get to it was something like i think it was like ruins or something like that you had to open a doorway and then it could lead to all these other doorways where you could go to different points in time you could also interact with those different points in time and then I think uh, Ahsoka was put in charge of that. Like, she was kind of to guard it and stuff like that. But I don't know. It, it, uh, there's just so much to unwrap with it. And it's, there's so many different narrative threads that could lead in so many branching directions right, right. now in the series. How many of them do you think we see any more of before the end of this season? <laughs> and I'm like, not sure. Like, like, the end of the first episode, we see... Who we believe is Boba Fett. I was going to say, what happened to him? And that's, yeah, I mean, I truly believe that's, I mean, actually, if I had to wager a guess as to like what next week's episode is, it might be about Boba Fett. It's going to be like, we're going to bring that full circle. 
I also was expecting this the end of this episode to be like whenever she was asking about prisoners before. She was yeah, she say, seemed really interested in about the prison prisoners. Like I thought yeah, who's being held. I thought maybe right either Sab- Sabine or Rex were possibly both were like held prisoner, mm-hmm. and we were going to get that reveal. Yeah, or even Ezra for that matter. Yeah, just being like, where have you been all these years? Yeah, you but know? the but the prisoners themselves seemed fairly unremarkable. Just I mean, in, yeah, I mean the one guy like had lines and whatever. I mean, right. maybe it's just a reminder, like, oh yeah, Ahsoka's like all she cares about is like helping. Helping. Yeah. That's, it's the Jedi in her. And I even said as much to Eva, I was like, that's the ultimate Jedi gambit. You hurt other people to get a Jedi. Cause that's, that's what they do. Exactly. You know? And, and that's exactly the threat that the magistrate makes at the beginning of the episode. You keep messing like with she, us. They're yeah, going to die. Yeah. She kind of realizes that she probably can't win this fight yeah. with Ahsoka, but so she I'm can hurt slaughter Ahsoka. innocent people. Yeah. yeah. It's a very, very dark. How many thing. lives is, is it worth one? Yeah. What well, in that moment, uh, the the office binge watcher in me thought she was gonna go Dwight Schrute and go one, two, three, <laughs> four. <laughs> just tell me to stop counting. Uh, what the hell? Um, honestly, it just there's just so much to unpack. I mean, what do you think of it for Thrawn and everything? Like, do you have any kind of opinion on it? Is just still just going through it? Yeah. I mean, I I I don't know that I have a definitive answer. I except to say that like to kind of Brian's maybe broader question. Like, I don't think we're going to actually find that all out this season. No. I I mean, they, I mean, I guess there's kind of like some mixed messaging as to whether or not there will be a third season of Mando. And I just kind of wonder if like, maybe this story is kind of wrapped by the end of this year. Could be. And then we get to put all of these other people, you know, action figures that were introduced in the last couple of seasons. And, and that could still include Din and Grogu, not saying it couldn't, but they get put on the table for a new story. It's possible. I mean, I, I, I would like to think that ultimately this leads to the, like, uh, the uprising on Mandalore or something like that. I want to see it going to that. end. I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah, my kind of conflicting thoughts are, there's a chance that if you just resolve this story with, you know, Din and Grogu, then maybe there's nothing really, you know, more to do. And maybe you do kind of follow back on the Mandalore story. Yeah. Um, or perhaps, you know, they just like Gideon is taken off the board at the end of this season. And there's just a whole new threat. To deal and there's with some new threat. Um, it could be. Yeah. I mean, that's so it's just I mean, it has my mind running wild, but like I don't uh, understand anything beyond that. Like and it, it just there's so many options and I'm just excited to see where it goes. Right. <laughs> and I, I honestly I like to I like to save our opinions on it just because I feel like we've been doing good at the end of each episode, not going too much into it. I don't want to ruin it for ourselves. I don't want to get ourselves right. all, all caught up with it, thinking like we're going to find out, you know. No, I'm not this and that came yeah. from. You know? And I don't mean to suggest that we need to like put the pieces together right now. <laughs> but no, but, I, it, it's it's a very dangerous game when you start doing that. Yeah. Then you get Rise of Skywalker. Well, but you know, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's a little tease. It's okay. It's a good movie, but sorry. It's not a good movie. Right. It is objectively not a good it's movie. It's a movie. <laughs> I saw a headline the other day that was like, somehow <laughs> Palpatine, his return, is an entire mood. No, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Somehow. <laughs> it sure is. You also, got that there's, right. There's just a guy who happens to be a Sith expert, even though it's a, it's a completely dead band religion. But there's a guy who happens to be an expert, and he just happens to be working for the Resistance. But, you know. 
Yeah. Silly hobbits. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I think it's a, it's, it's a natural time to just kind of end it and uh, just, you know, do our thing. I want to say thanks to everyone listening and joining in with uh, our discussion. And hopefully you guys found this episode just as exciting as we did. Um, if you have any uh, questions or comments you want to get at us, you know, either email us at email at us at uh, Greedo Shot First Pod at Gmail, all one word, or uh, get at us at our Instagram or our Twitters. Uh, Instagram is Greedo Shot First Podcast, all one word, and Twitter is at Greedo First or at First, at first Greedo. Greedo. Sorry, I keep messing that up. Um, and uh, yeah, drop us a line, give us a like. Also, if you if you have the time. Check us out on Apple iTunes. Check us out on the uh, on the on the uh, podcast on Apple Podcasts and give us a rate and review. Uh, it really helps the show out. It does. And uh, without any further ado, I just want to say I had a good time. Brian, did you have a good time? I had a wonderful time. And did you have a good time? It's a boring conversation anyway. I bet it was. <laughs>